Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. What are some of your favorite marketing strategies for, for people who are just getting started? And, and you and I both share this love for like not throwing money at problems or, or things just to try and make them work. So what are kind of, you know, these, the, the back hacks, the low cost stuff, like what are your favorite marketing things? I don't even want to say tools, things. I think, I think the number one problem I see with people doing social media marketing, cause that's where I love to do is social media. I'm very active on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Those are my three. The number one thing I see people doing wrong, and I've helped many clients, I've got an entrepreneurship group, almost 3,000 people now, and we're always sharing ideas in there, and it's free for your listeners if they want to join. It's called 365 Driven Entrepreneurs. Come find it. But we share, and I, and I teach a lot of these people, because a lot of times people who are new to business, they don't understand marketing principles very well. Usually people start businesses because they're good at some kind of knowledge or skill set, but they don't understand business, and that's why they hire people like yourself or myself to give them that business insight. But what they do is they, they stick product in people's face all the time. They're always like, buy, 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 buy this, buy this. Here's all the features it has. This is why it's so awesome. And this is why I'm awesome. And, and nobody buys their stuff. And they're like, man, I don't know my, my label looks good. And I'm, I'm always posting about it. And I was like, that's why they're not buying it from you. And they don't get that because they're still in the 1980s, 1990s billboard advertising market mindset where you just plaster it on a billboard or the side of the building and then people will drive by and see it and then they buy it. That's the old way of thinking. But nowadays with social media, we are severely disconnected from people who do that and it becomes spammy and you just disregard that. It's just like you're like when you drive nowadays, you don't look at billboards. You're just, you kind of block them out. You just, Unless there's I mean, something I do because I'm obsessed with all forms of marketing, but your average person yeah. probably does it. Yeah, if it's an amazing billboard, it'll grab my attention, but it, I'd say 90%, I kind of just, they just blur out. Yeah. And that's the way most people's Facebook feeds and Instagram feeds are too. If they just see an ad come by with a product sticking in their face and that's like a photo of a product, like people are like yawn and they just keep scrolling past. It's like almost like subconsciously, they don't even see it. How many times have you seen like the little survey that pops up on your Facebook once in a while is like, do you recall seeing an ad for men's something or, you know, I mean, it's, Facebook's asking. I had it on my ways actually. Yeah. I driving. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm driving. Yes. Get out of my, I'm trying to follow the map. Get off my screen. I hate the ads. I hate the surveys. I hate all of it. Yep. But when I'm driving. Certainly. I don't want you to pop up anything on my map. Okay. It's always, it's always when you stop. Waze does it when you pull up to a stop, it like pops up an ad now. So yeah, that is annoying, but. Super annoying. And then so, they pop so up a survey, a did you see our ad on? I'm like, oh no, I gosh. ignore all your ads. That's yeah, no, and I don't want to tell you how good your app is and give you a rating right now, I'm driving, so yeah. Exactly, exactly, and I don't want to tell you my opinion. I don't want to take even your two minute survey because all your two minute, and I, the, what's the worst of all, because this is where you get into the liars, right? Is they take our two minute survey. And sometimes like if I really was pleased with an experience somewhere, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll give you that as a present back, fine. Mm -hmm. And then it's like two minutes, three minutes, four minutes. I'm like, why are there 50, 100 screens on this? This is not two minutes. Yeah, liars. so terrible terrible bait and switch exactly so yeah that's number one mistake organic social media marketing and you're pushing product 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 you should be selling on an emotional thing you should be selling 
you as the personal brand rather than talking about products because that's the beauty of social media, especially if you use a personal profile that's unlocked, which I recommend. If you're a business owner and you're using a private Facebook page, terrible idea. There you go again. Like nobody sees it. It's like, why are you even doing it? It's, it's stupid. So there's still a lot of people out there with the old fashioned thinking that think they have privacy and they're like, well, I only use Facebook profile for my family and my friends. And, and, and you're like, but you're trying to market your stuff on it and, and run your promote your business. Like nobody's seeing it, man. It's like, what are you doing? Go yeah. like that. Go create another Facebook profile if you want to have it just for your family and friends. But we need to talk about business. And if you want to make money, we got to do it the right way. So here's how to do that. So talk about things other than just the product. Sell people on the, the results they're going to get rather than the features that are, are related to your product, your service. And then also do things to inspire, educate, or entertain people. Those are the three things that I always go back to. It has nothing to do with your product. You'll see like on my, on my feed, 90% of my posts have nothing to do with my books or my coaching or my program or anything. It's about my lifestyle, the things I'm thinking about, general opinions, asking people questions. I'm always creating engagement. I usually get about 200 to 300 people that respond or like to every single post I make on Facebook nowadays. And it's with 5,000 people. So I got a really high engagement because I understand that most people want to voice themselves or their opinion. So I give them an opportunity. A lot of people think that their Facebook or their Instagram is a megaphone and they're going to stand up there and pound their chest and just talk about themselves the whole time. But that's not very interesting because everybody's doing that. So when you open up your stage, which is your social media platform, and you invite them to come on your stage to give their answer about themselves, people love those opportunities because they love to talk about themselves. And if you invite them to do that, guess what? 150 people later will have responded to your post. And that means everybody else that they know will also see their engagement. It'll get placed in front of more people on an organic reach. And you'll see thousands of people will come across your post instead of 50. So there's ways to do that. There's ways to be, defeat the algorithm, but do it genuinely. Just, just have fun with it. Don't think it's like business, business, business. Totally. Totally, totally. People use it. I, I agree with you. And I see people either use it just for personal, like you're saying, right? Like I'm there, you know, it, it says in my profile that I do this. Um, or they, they like just blast it. Like, like it's billboards, like it's print ads. Um, and social media is about being social. I always talk about it as a party, it's about being at the party, about conversing at the party. Um, uh, but here's a question. Cause I get a lot of people who honestly, they hate social media. Mm -hmm. they, they, they go on as observers. They don't mind, but they don't like, they, you know, you can call them introverts. You could say it's low self-esteem. It doesn't really matter, but they don't like at quote unquote, putting themselves out Ooh, there. Good topic. You know, get that a lot. So, and, and I agree with you that if you, you do like putting yourself out there and you know, the three platforms that are king for sales are LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, like Twitter's great for meeting people, but yeah. I, I like to say each party's different, right? So LinkedIn's the networking event. Facebook is the reunion party. Instagram's the coffee shop and people close deals in all those kinds of places. Mm -hmm. Twitter to me is the street corner. People don't yeah. really close deals in the street corner typically, unless you know they're passing drugs. So like Twitter, maybe you can sell drugs, but not much else. Um, it's not, it's not great for sales. Even the people I know that are super active there, they, they get great audiences. It's not structured in the way that, that makes it great for sales. Um, so these are amazing for people who are comfortable being out there. If they find their place on one of these platforms, what about someone who says what I just said? I'm like putting myself out there. Now what? I have that exact relatable story to that. And I'm going to help them with that. Let's, let's both conquer this mindset because it's a self-limiting belief is what it is. And I'll tell you, I'm an alpha dude, car guy, fitness guy. And I'll tell you 
three years ago and, and earlier that if, for example, if we saw some dude doing a selfie, you know, doing a selfie or a photo, like the car guys and the alpha dudes, they would make fun of that. They'd be like, man, look at that guy. He's looking like he's acting like a teenage girl. And, and if there's men listening to the show, they're probably nodding their heads like, yeah, man, like dude's doing selfies. That's pretty sissy. You know, it's like this alpha <laughs> ego thing, right? But then you realize once you could push away that stupid self-limiting belief, because that's what that is as well you start to realize that the people who are living the lifestyles that you truly want as an influencer who are making the multi-millions, who are putting themselves out there, who are the celebrities doing these different things, sharing their lifestyles on Insta stories or Facebook or things like that, they're doing ex exactly opposite of the critics. And you'll find that the critics tend to not have anything close to that kind of lifestyle. So you start to do the simple math here. It's like, wait a minute, if I want to do what that person is doing, then I probably should be doing something similar to what they're doing and not what the critics are doing. So that was a, a reality check for me. Two years ago, if you go back on, on my social media from June of 2017 and earlier, you rarely saw photos of me unless my wife was taking them. And usually when we're on vacation, she would take photos and I'd be like begrudgingly going, ah, crap, yeah, I guess I got to get in a photo. But the thing is, is I, I didn't have the confidence to stand in front of the lens and I wasn't comfortable being in front of the lens. The voice that you're hearing today on this microphone was not the voice I had two years ago. I invested heavily in getting public speaking training, working with coaches, just doing reps, doing many, many speeches, doing many, many videos, almost 80 episodes of my own podcast, been interviewed on over 100 shows now. I had to do the repetitions to get to become the person I needed to become to tell my story and to serve my audience. So there's a lot of people, I'm an introvert as well. And I think you are as well, even though we can operate I, I'm actually, it. I, it's so funny that you say that because almost no one guesses that. I'm an extroverted introvert. Yeah. 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 We, we learn to operate, but we're perfectly fine in solitude and we get energy being alone, right? Correct. If I'm like, my favorite thing about traveling to conferences is the flight afterwards where nobody talks to me. There and I can you go. recover and I'm always flying far typically because I'm over here in LA and most of the stuff I'm doing is East Coast or, or farther, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm heading out to Europe in, um, in a month or so. And, and I love... I love the conference. I love the activity. I like, I forget to eat. I get totally immersed in the people. It's amazing. And I, the article that I found once, it was, it was called, are you an extrovert or introvert? I'm like, I don't know. And I read it. I'm like, yes. That's it. That's exactly what it is. Like I totally get off it. But at my core, when I'm done, I must go sit in quiet. Yeah. Or like, even I, just go back to your hotel room in the middle yes. of the conference and like just lay on the bed with nothing turned on for 30 minutes and recharge. I do. I do. I totally do that. I totally, yep. I did that the last conference I spoke at right before I went on stage. I, they had me in one-on-ones like the whole day also. I, I told them <laughs> oh, I would man. do that as well. But I told them, you must block out the hour around my speaking because for half hour before and half hour afterwards, I'm on my own. Yeah. And that's exactly yeah. what I did. I went up to my hotel room and I sat and I like kind of meditated. And I did my yeah. thing because I can't go from interactive to stage. Mm-mm. Your mind's all jam jammed up. It's you're, you feel like you're depleted on your energy. But so yeah, that's that's how people need to understand. Is like you need to ask yourself who the right version of you needs to be to be able to do the life and pursue the life or the businesses that you really mean. So if, if business is very important to you and the success is very important to you, you got to do what's going to take. And you have to be honest with yourself, like you're not the right person right now, but you can become that. So you're hearing someone like me that's standing on stages doing things like you, Esty. It's 
these are skills. These are not talents. A lot of people assume they hear us talking and being very animated and, and, and sharing all this information. Like this is not a talent. We weren't born this way. This is something we both decided, you know, I need to get Wait, better I at this. I don't know if it was born this way a little bit. I wasn't, I definitely <laughs> wasn't. I've, I even gave a speech in Toastmasters Monday about this cause I'd, I've only been doing it two years. And I said, you know what, my, before this, I was so monotone cause dudes, we speak monotone. Like if you would have interviewed me two years ago, this is how I would have sound. I would go into that character. I've been like, Hey SD, that's, that's great. Thank you for having me on the show. I can't wait to share information with people. And I really find uh, you get some value out of this. So it's very monotone. <laughs> it one, one volume, <laughs> one volume, one volume, one tone. And that's how most dudes speak like conversational. Yeah. that's. So I had to go learn. I had to go learn to be animated and use vocal variety and pacing and pauses and emphasizing now you become more engaging when you speak you sound like somebody that's actually on tv or on the radio speaking those are skills you learn so don't think that you can't do it you can go do it you can learn it you can practice it guarantee you'll get better most people can start doing videos and if you do one video per day and really push yourself it's not going to be comfortable you will be a lot better in seven days that quickly seven days you'll get even better in seven months but one week can make a huge difference and most people underestimate that Totally. Even my early videos. So again, like a little bit, I was born this way. Like my parents say, I don't remember this, but they told me I was speaking full sentences at one years old. I have kids. My two-year-olds don't do that. Like, so like, there's definitely like a, a certain element <laughs> that came um, with it. I was like performing as a kid, whatever. But so it, it's something that I've always enjoyed. Um, but I also, um, this is something not a lot of people know, except for all my listeners now, but I've worked with speaker coaches. Mm -hmm. I've been working with speaker coaches for let's go back how many years, at least 10 years, professional speaker trainers, um, which has completely honed my skill, upgraded my skills. If you look at some of my early social videos, like, ah, uh, I even, even my first few podcast episodes, like I could hardly listen to them. I'm like, Oh, it's so awkward. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, that repetition is such a big deal. So I, I would say that for anyone who does want to get out there, like I agree, you can do anything. I always say you can climb any ladder, just not 14 rungs at a time. <laughs> That's true. So like, step by step, you do it a little bit at a time. You can get anywhere. But I, I want to say there really are people who don't want that. They don't want it. Then what do they want? The thing is, is they want to sell that, stuff. That conflict. Themselves. They don't want to. They they want to sell stuff. They don't. They, it's not them. They want to sell. And and so here's the question. And this is this I think is a, is a really big question for us to tackle. You know where we're at in 2019. Can you get away with that if you're in service? If you're in product, you can. It's hard because your product has to be so way stellar or your brand story that you build into the product or, or, or um, that, that it speaks for itself, which is a very big deal. But let's say service providers, anything from massage therapists to dentists, can you sell today if you're not selling yourself? I think if you can't do it yourself, you're going to have to hire somebody else to be the face of that brand. That's just, it's a human factor. It's social. People like to resonate with a story or people. And even when I go to visit any kind of website, if I don't see a face on that website, that tells me right away that you're something they're hiding. There's something insecure about the design because psychology, if they would have just talked to somebody that's good at marketing, they know that faces sell. That needs to be a human factor on every website, regardless of the product. So totally. Our ability to recognize faces is better than our ability to recognize anything else. And we process images. What I forgot how many exponentially times faster than yeah. Um, yeah. And faces are the things that we process and we recognize the best. 
Yeah, and that's, that's another thing when I see people using social media and they don't use an actual profile photo themselves. They have like an, a logo or just some cartoon character or a dog. It's like, what are you hiding? It's like, you already tell me right now you're, there's something insecure about you and or you're wearing sunglasses in your profile pic. Like, that's a bad idea. Kind of hurts trust factor. And it's sometimes, sometimes it's cultural or societal. Sometimes it's age. And I've seen it in both directions, actually, right? The whole age discrimination, like someone who looks too young or someone who looks too old, you know, and, and, and it's the same thing that we're saying, which is lean into who you are. So you mm -hmm. look like you're 15 and you're 30. Okay. Just own it. That's, that's the face you walk around with all day, you know, and that's, that's the thing is like a lot of people when they're doing videos or getting on social media, like, hey, Tony, I don't like the way I sound and recorded voice. I don't like the way I look. And I said, well, do you ever go out in public? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, do you have any friends or family that you talk to? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, well, that's the face they see. And that's the voice they hear. Like that's like nobody that knows you is going to hear that voice and go, man, that's a different voice. Cause the thing is, is the recorded voice is actually our real voice to other people. We sound different to ourselves because our voice is like echoing inside our skull. I know it's it, so weird. It's, it's so, so weird. So the voice that you record is what everybody already hears. That's how you already sound. So if anything, the voice that you hear is the weird voice, not the one they hear. So they're going to be perfectly fine knowing what your mannerisms are, what your, how you appear, what your hair looks like. Like they already know, like they're not going to be like, well, that's different. <laughs> so totally. don't be it's afraid so funny of it. That you say that because I, most of my clients are not in LA. So I sit on video conference almost all day and I say, I'm like a hairdresser. Like no one should have to look themselves as often as I do. Like the only other person I think that does is like hairdressers to look in the mirror all day as they're mm -hmm. doing like styling for other people. Um, but it's, yeah, exactly that. You know, and, and I will say like having done this for a while now, I, I see and listen to myself way more than I think anyone ever should have to. <laughs> so you're listening to themselves. You get used to it. Yeah. And, and I think it's also when you're, when you're also on the improvement journey, which is never ending, we're always looking for ways to enhance our message or get better at what we do. So that's important. And just the, the vocabulary that you use, sometimes you reach too far and sometimes you don't reach far enough. And sometimes you stumble on your words, but you always just try to improve. So you become hypercritical of how you sound and your communication style, but that's, that's normal if you're trying to get better. Totally. They always say like, you know, like why are beauty mirrors magnifying? right? Because you, you want to see all those details because that's, that's how you quote unquote reach perfection. I just had to mock that. Sorry. Um, but it's the same idea, right? You, you want to catch those nuances because if you're on that journey of growth, that's the only way you're going to get better is if you catch that. I love that. And I think today yeah. perfection is not popular. Perfection was popular no. about 10 years ago. It's really not anymore. Today, although, everybody... although that ugly trend, like the social media, like ugly trend that was combating it, like that died. Pretty yeah, that was, that was kind of weird, too. It was pretty short-lived. Yeah, because at the end of the day, people still like looking at pretty pictures better. Um, so that yeah, whole, like be yourself, you know? Like, it, you only got the body that you're in right now, so it's, you might as well just use what you got. And yeah. if you're not happy with physical you know, attributes of your body, go fix those, too. I mean, hell. Yeah, authenticity is super in. Like, yeah. that I will say. Like, right now, what I would say is trending the most. Everyone's always like, what's trending? What's trending? I'm like, authenticity is trending. Absolutely. And, and I don't think it's ever going to go away because I think that's what people are craving now because it's like, we're, we're so, we talked about the show when we opened about fakery. It's like people are very skeptical about things because we're inundated by all this fakery. So authenticity is like always good, especially when it's, it's backed up by people, third party. So like if you came out and say you're authentic and then someone that knows you 10 years ago, yeah, she's like that. That's like, boom, there it is. It's like, I'm not faking it. I'm actually just being myself.
Totally. And it's so funny that you say that because recently um, I was, I was speaking at a conference and uh, two people who I knew from my high school days were there and they were going around like, oh yeah, like I know I see since high school. Yeah, this is just her. <laughs> and it's exactly that. You're like, really? Like that, like really? And, and it adds so much. And, and just, just being you, you know, I'm working with a couple of clients. A lot of the work that we do on branding is very deep work. Um, our group program, actually, some of the feedback that's coming through, people are like, we didn't realize this was so deep. Like we didn't realize this was so real. Like we thought it was just like another marketing program. I'm like, no, you know, no one needs another marketing program. <laughs> you need mine, which is, it's really deep. It's really, it's finding yourself and your mission and what you want to shine. And then the audience and building it out. Like this is legit business. Mm -hmm. And, and a lot of the feedback coming back is like, I feel like I need a whole overhaul of everything, you know, like, no. but when you find yourself, it's just, it's, here's the example. A lot of people give the example of the onion. Yeah. It's peeling away the layers. Mm -hmm. I don't love it because onions are kind of smelly. Like, it's not that it's not true, but I'll tell you the example that I like to give. And I, I did a whole class on this. It's diamond and it's facets, right? So you're in the middle, right? You're the, the light that shines out or that reflects, you know, through you, but, and they're all different facets of your personality. Right? And so you reflect one way in your personal life and one way in your business life and one way with certain people and one way with other people and, and one way in your life. And that's okay. You're still you. As long as you're always being you and you're not, you know, like a, a dirty diamond or you didn't take a Sharpie and try to paint over it and draw on it. Um, it's okay if there's different aspects, different facets. You know, one of the things we were doing in the coaching this week with the, with the group program, um, a lot of people get stuck on their on their core brand because they take it so personally right and mm -hmm. i think this relates so nicely back to what you were saying is just get out there get out there yeah. and one of the things that that i realized was getting my people stuck was like your business does not have to be the totality of yourself it's one aspect it's one thing you want it's one reflection it's one facet and that's okay. And, and it's so much easier than because you can depersonalize it a little bit, even as you get out there and you're personal, but you mm -hmm. can depersonalize it. So people, when they, when they reject you, quote unquote, yeah, it's not you. <laughs> they don't want the thing you're selling. Okay. And, and I think it's such a fine line that, that we do have to tread today. And it's, it's a big deal. It's done. The world just gets more fun and more complicated at the same time. <laughs> Human psychology rules with the marketing. I love it. It's, it's fascinating. Oh, for sure. That's my favorite part of it. Yeah. I read psychology books for fun. They're marketing textbooks. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> right. They're, they're, they're labeled as marketing books, but they're really human psychology and behavior books. And, and, and backward. Yeah. <laughs> on both ends. Um, so, so this is, uh, we could talk about this forever, but I, I want to know, because I always want to know what's a current struggle in, what, what is the current business doing? I know you're guiding entrepreneurs and you're helping people build businesses. You've got the community. What are you doing with it? And, and where are you struggling in it at the stage level you've reached? So I'm in the six figure range for one-on-one -on -one coaching programs. Again, I've only been doing it two years. The first year I didn't pay myself. I basically helped 22 people start their first company to really get down the processes and make sure that it could be you know, multiplied over and over. And it did, they all started their companies. Then I started charging and now I'm doing that pretty well. But as you see, one-on-one -on -one doesn't scale very well. And I know that it's also starting to go higher ticket because as I get more demand, I'm charging more. That's just a given and it's going to always increase. But I don't have the entry-level market covered with an automated type online course yet. That's something I'm building. And I don't have a middle, middle tier, maybe like a, a group mastermind group. So those are the things I want to build out. But the thing is, I'm very 
conscious about a lot of quality aspects of the things I produce and I put my name on. So I'm not going to just throw some half-assed thing out there and just stick my name on it. So I'm very, I'm probably just overly critical of the things that I want to roll out. I started to build a team. I've got a podcast editor doing my podcast now, and I've got a video editor and I need to get a VA soon. So it's, it's, it's just choreographing all these moving parts while still being a one-on-one coach. So the struggle is just too many things on the plate while I'm also running two other companies. Wait, what are so, the other two companies that you're still running? Cause you sold the car site one. What are the other two things you're running? So there was a spinoff from the car site that I started doing retail online drop shipping for high end wheels. So it's about $800,000 a year in revenue and I spend 15 minutes a day on it. So that works. Online, we just, yeah. I, I need to pause everyone absorb, please. Cause I think <laughs> this is part of what helps change people's mindsets that they know that this is even possible because mm-hmm. 15 minutes a day, $800,000 a year, everyone absorb. This is possible. It's absolutely possible. Okay, cool. Now you can move on. That was the other one. <laughs> yeah. So, but it doesn't build a legacy and that company doesn't scale to the things that I want to achieve. And I just didn't want to like, end, you know, get to the end of my life and just be known as this a wheel sales guy. I mean, this sounds it's funny, but it's a business and my average ticket's about $5,000 a purchase. So that's why it gets the revenue pretty high. That's been about 12 years now that I've had that business. So it's been steady in the background. It's always been the side hustle. It's earned millions on its own. It's, you know, so it's kind of this, uh, continuation of being in the industry. Plus I love cars. So I like being in the industry, which is another reason I keep a business in that. The other one is a startup manufacturing company that we're doing carbon fiber composites. I've got one partner in Vancouver and we're going to be building automotive wheels out of carbon fiber composites to hopefully get into the OEMs. We're building that company purely to scale up, sell and, and, and have a pretty large exit plan, hopefully. So different strategies with that one. That one's about a year and a half in. We're about to hit production at the end of this year. So things are going on. There's always something going on. There's a lot of joint ventures people want me to be involved with. Nowadays, I have to say no a lot of times unless my heart's really in it. But my passion, my legacy will be the impact that I leave for this coaching and helping people become more confident, helping them start businesses. Because my purpose is that I want to improve the generational legacy of millions of people. And the best ways for me to serve millions of people is by teaching them the confidence that I've earned and also the business mindset and the strategies I've learned over the last 20 years of ownership. So that's the best way I'm going to impact this world. So I'm just like going all in and doing that. I love that. So here's, here's what like kind of glares out at me. And I always find that like, it's so hard to see it when it's you. Um, I feel like you're so much yourself. Everything you've done is so you. And it, this thing with like, I should build a mastermind and an entry level, this you're just, you're trying to be someone else. Because that's what everyone else does. And it's not, it's not working for you because it's not your natural flow. And so it's not just coming to you easy. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just be you? If, if there was no industry, quote unquote, for this, and, and this is always what annoys me. And everyone's like, oh, well, there's the industry. I got to do it like this. I got to do it like that. And you know, try to fit yourself into a box when you're a round peg. It, it doesn't fit well. And us entrepreneurs, we are round pegs and we, we spent our lives being shoved into square boxes and holes and it was very unpleasant. And as entrepreneurs, I feel like, like you said, you know, people still have a little bit of that employee mindset. I feel like we still have that like round peg square hold mindset mm-hmm. and, and you don't have to. So if you were to just be you and serve this audience in the best way you could, and there are people in this audience who need your help, who A, you don't have time for and B, couldn't afford you as a one-on-one, what could you offer them? Forget what the industry does. What could you offer them? 
Well, I guess it would just be the online courses that I want to help people with. It's the only way I can scale my time. So the message to me is I'd like to be able to scale to millions of people to help them achieve their dreams in their life. Because I know that even with my first company, I've built 12 millionaires in that first company because they were starting their business within my business. So when your dream is bigger than you, and that's another tip that I'll share with this listener base is that your brand, the things that you build need to become much bigger than yourself. There's too many people that start companies with themselves at the top of the pyramid and their company never scales larger than them as a person, as an individual. I'm the other way around. I like to have the pyramid upside down. I like to be the person that's holding the pyramid up above my head with the base on the top part. So I always want to build something much bigger than me. 365 driven. I'm building a movement, a mantra. I want people to be able to walk around and say, Hey, I am 365 driven and believe that and understand what the core values of that is. So I'm big on building communities, but I'm not so egotistical that I need to sit at the top of the pyramid and beat my chest like a king. So I that's love how that. I'm, that that's how I'm doing pyramid it. visual is so cool. I've never heard that. That's yeah, amazing. I support the community. They, I put them first. I know the rewards always come back around. That's a given, but it's all based on the value you create in this world. So if you want to end up with an online course and you've got this massive community, you've got people who definitely want to work with you, who you don't have time for, who can't afford it. Yeah. What could you do within the next two weeks? That would bring oh, you that's already the plan. That's, that's July's project. I'll be doing the videos and, and starting to build the fully automated course. Well, why would I want, you? I want to do like a 12 week course on just starting the first business to really give a lot of value on how to well, create. Why would you build the videos first? See, this is what kills me with the online programs. Why would you build the course first? Because I don't have, I guess I don't, I, I guess I don't have an offer otherwise. I mean, you what do. would you sell? You do. You I'm going to show you what you have. You have a community of people. Mm -hmm. You have exactly the solution they need in your head and in your heart. Mm -hmm. And all you have to do is tell them, Hey guys, I want to serve you. I've been working on this forever. Um, here's the vision. It can be a or B just like your book cover, mm -hmm. right? It could cost B or C. It could work like a cost this B cost this like, and you, and you build out the offers before you actually build them. Oh, I get you. You're doing some market pre-evaluation. And then watch this. And then everyone's going to pick A or B or C, right? I'm not tearing mm -hmm. it so that they yeah, purposely yeah. pick B. I'm, I'm genuinely looking for what they want. And then I say, okay, registration open for the first beta group. I'll build it with you. I'll build it on you. I'll give you all the same tools that I give my one-on-one uh, my -on -one clients. And you will be part of that initial group that helps to build this. X cost, beta offer only who wants in. Boom, revenue. Boom, lockdown commitment because you have to do it because they're showing up every week. Mm -hmm. And boom, the exact course that those people need. And you could have that live in three weeks. Hmm. I may have to take your challenge on that one. Mm -hmm. I definitely I got By the time this episode is published, that course could be already active. You could, you could be sitting on six-figure plus revenue from it. And then you're locked down, committed to it. And, and again, the, part of the reason why I'm thinking of this, because I did something very similar to mm -hmm. launch mine, very similar. And it was amazing. And you, you know, I always say like, you know, I learn, there's, it's, a, it's a Hebrew phrase and I forgot it, but basically like I learn from my students most of all, you know, so when you teach something one-on-one -on -one, and I, we built our marketing um, course is built on the last 10 years of my one-on-one -on -one marketing Mm. work right and like then but building as a group is different and the group gives you feedback hey i see like you know when you work one on one with someone maybe it's like this but as the group we need x 
Oh, mm. good point. And I'm there with you. And, there, and, and then I have no choice but to show up every week and give them what I told them I would give them rather than sitting on my own and saying, I got to build this. I got to build this. I got to yeah, build this. Speak, no, speaking to a lonely camera. Yeah. There's, first of all, the energy is totally different. Second of all, there, there's 50, 100, however many people you get in, you've got a large following and community. Mm-hmm. They're waiting for you every week. You're going to show up and you're going to build exactly what they need. And they're going to tell you if you're off at all and you're going to fix it. And by the way, by the time you're done with those 12 weeks, it's done. It's automated. And if it needs fixing, you'll do another beta group. Good, good ideas, good ideas. I, I think I was just overthinking the, the production quality. It is. And you know what? Yeah. There's, no reason not to, there's no reason to do that until version three. That's true. You, you, because can, always, you, haven't you can always update it. as you go. Once you it's, update as you and go. That's what another mentor has. Like, you just got to get it going and it's not going to be perfect and you just can update as you go. Because even... He's like even Grant Cardone and stuff like that. They're always updating their old videos. They're just, that's just an ongoing process. And I see it as, as someone who's in this now, I see it, right? We've already mm-hmm. done two cohorts. And for the third, I'm going to be updating all the trainings, but I don't plan on going to professional studio recording till at least mm-hmm. version four or five, because it's not that the material is changing so much. Yes, as marketing changes, we add add-ons and updates. Hey, Facebook's now doing this, especially with the digital stuff. We're always updating that, keeping everyone up to date. But even just the way I'm teaching it, like I had one way that I was explaining SEO. And in the first cohort, people totally got it. In this last cohort, people are like, you know, that phrase is confusing to us. I was like, really? Cool, I'll change it. I want you to understand. They said, how about this? I said, great, I'm teaching it different now. Mm-hmm. And why should I lock down, pay thousands of dollars for professional recording? And then everyone says, hey, Essie, we don't really understand this phrase. Why not teach it a bunch of times while I'm earning money and everyone else is growing their business until I really feel that it's gotten to the place that everyone gets it? Then go play with the production quality. The value is not on the production quality. It's in the teachings. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. So I'm just overthinking it. Yeah. Typical, typical problems, right? Yeah. Yeah, no more overthinking. Go do it. I challenge you that by the time this episode goes live, people are going to go and they're going to look at it and they're going to see that your course is up. All right. Yes. Okay. So on that note, where can everybody find you and find out about your course that's going to be going live around the time this episode goes live? (laughs) My website is 365driven.com. So 365driven.com. You'll see I'm very active on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. All the links are there. The link to my book and my podcast are all on that one website. Amazing. All right, guys. So we'll put that link to 365driven.com. Also, Tony had mentioned his Facebook group, 365 Driven Entrepreneurs. I'll stick that link on. So if you go to sdran.com slash 70, 70. 70. It's such a big number. It is. Seven is my favorite number um, because it's just, it's, it's the center of everything, right? There's six directions and seven is what holds it together. Seventh is the center. It's fun that you and I are about the same video account for the podcast. I think I just released 72 this week. So yeah, we're, we're like right there. Yeah. It's cool stuff. And and we've beat out what 85, 90% of podcasters. 95. I think most get to pod fate happens at seven episodes or less. Yeah, basically. (laughs) We've, we've 10 X that. Yeah. 10 X the pod fade, man. (laughs) All right, guys. So go check out Tony. So Tony, I like to surprise my guests at the end without warning and ask them for a quote. Cause I love quotes and uh, does not have to be a favorite one of all time, although it can be, um, or just something top of mind or that you want to share a little pithy wisdom to send people on their way. My favorite quote is the one that I actually put in my book and it's fear and confidence are both decisions. You simply decide which one to live with. I like that. 
Fear and confidence are both decisions. You simply decide which one to live with. Totally. Every day. Every, every day. Wherever you're going to go, you can go in one way or the other. Either you're afraid or you're confident. I love that. That's super cool. Amazing. All right, guys, go check out Tony. That was super fun. And I know that you know someone who needs to hear this. And so what you're going to do now is you're going to take a second. You're going to think, who needs to hear this episode? Who needs to know more about turning something into an online course? Who needs to know more about creating a side hustle that it could spend 15 minutes or an hour on a day and put in bombs of money? Who needs to learn more about what it means to get out there on social? Who needs this confidence boost? Who needs to hear about Tony? You know somebody. So you're going to take a second and you're going to share this with them. You can share it on your social channels to everybody, but I want you to share the wealth with at least one person because I want to spread the information, spread the inspiration. And I know that you know someone who needs it. So stop what you're doing. Pull over at the side of the road. Stop jogging. Stop washing dishes. I don't know what you're doing. Whatever. Wake up from your half stupor of ecstasy at the end of this episode and go and share this with someone who needs it at sdran.com slash 70 or iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you're hearing it. And we will catch you next week. Tony, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Absolute pleasure. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?